Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters. With God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Thanks for being here again this week as we continue season four of the podcast. We are calling this season Hope in the Light as we lean into the good news of the hope we have as we live out our lives as followers of Jesus. The world is longing to know from where we find and experience hope. And I believe, and the guests joining me on this season believe, that the light of Jesus is our deep satisfaction and the source of true hope in life. Today on the podcast, I have my friend and fellow performer, Amanda Jane Cooper. You may know Amanda Jane as Glinda in the Broadway and national tour of Wicked, and I will join you in saying I too knew her from this context. Over the past couple of years, though, I have come to know and love Amanda Jane as a friend and a sister in Christ through our church here in New York City called Church of the City, New York. I look up to her as an artist big time, but even more than her work on stage, I deeply admire her love for Jesus and the way she lives her life following him. She is full of the Holy Spirit, and she is always sharing with others her story of victory in Jesus, how he has brought her from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This podcast episode is a special one. One, because the very first podcast episode I recorded on Living in the Light from season one was with another Glinda from Broadway, a dear friend of ours, Jenna Claire Mason. It excites me every time I have an artist or creative on the podcast to hear their stories of faith in Jesus. And I know many of you listeners love to hear from friends in the artistic communities who are living with full faith in Christ. In today's episode, Amanda shares her powerful testimony of coming to faith in Jesus. And we lean into her personal struggle with an eating disorder. I just want to give a heads up to anyone who this might be a sensitive subject matter. Amanda and I made a careful and prayerful effort to go above reproach with handling this topic of conversation respectfully and tenderly. But do note that we get into some vulnerable details in sharing our stories of freedom from destructive patterns related to body image. We both believe that the Lord has full healing for everyone listening who is longing to break free from the slavery of an eating disorder. We are praying this conversation is helpful in knowing that you're not alone. We also hope that it is encouraging as Amanda shares her journey to freedom in the name of Jesus, what this has looked like for her and how God rescued her from a way of life that she thought she might have to just manage forever. I want to start by reading a couple of verses to anchor today's episode. Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Genesis 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. Now here's my conversation with Amanda Jane. Hello, everyone. 
Drinking your tea. I'm drinking some turmeric ginger tea that Laura Lee has generously prepared for me. Uh, It's a beautiful day in New York. It is. Beautiful summer day. I don't know when this is going to come out, but here we are. It's summer. And uh, you actually taught me about the wonderful gift of turmeric tea. Oh, I did. When I came to your apartment. Oh, my gosh. And then I was like, I got to buy some of that. So good. good. Trader Joe's. Shout out. Good stuff. Good for the stomach. Mm. Love it. Well, Amanda, I'm so glad you're coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Um, as we've talked about, it's the right time. It's the right time. It's the right time. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about doing this for a little bit now, and God has aligned the time. Yes. And I'm just really thankful. Me too. That you're here, and that the listeners get to hear from you and hear your story. Thanks. Uh, there's a story that I wanted to share to kick us off um, that is a really sweet memory from our church experience and from just getting to pray with you at Church of the City. It was fall of 2019, and I had just recently come to Church of the City, had only been there for a few months, and we have a prayer team at Church of the City, for those of you listening, and Amanda is on the prayer team. I'm now on the prayer team, two and a half years later, at the time I was not. And you were standing up front, and God had just put this burden on my heart, and that day it felt strong of just wanting to pray and intercede for our industry and Mm -hmm. for performers and artists who love the Lord and who had yet to come to know the Lord and just for a desire for light to go forth in the industry. And I just remember feeling the Holy Spirit nudge um, to go up and to pray with you. And that we got to pray that day was so special to me. Um, but that was before so we were good. really friends and um, just like looked up to you from oh. afar. And that was a special memory. That's very kind, sister. Thank you. It feels mm. like a different time. So many years ago. Yeah. But um, but yes, <laughs> so I remember. So much of life has been lived. I remember that day very mm. distinctly. And um, yeah, I am grateful that you are here. I am grateful that you're in this city. Mm. And I'm grateful that God's given you the gifts that he's given you to be in this creative industry. Yeah. Um, what a gift. Yeah. To get to be in this industry. I know. Like what? What? Things we dreamed about as children. Pretty cool. Coming true. I'm Pretty just cool. Really grateful. Telling stories. You know. You know. What do we say? Plain pretend. <laughs> Plain pretend. That's what we do. It's <laughs> awesome. Yep. Well, I want to start by, um, you know, the podcast "Living in the Light" is about sharing our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. Yes. And so I would love to just start with asking you about your journey with Jesus and what's that looked like? Um, How's he brought you into light, Amanda? Listen, do you have four hours? (laughs) I'll try to, I'll try four parts of this podcast. Yeah, it's it's just like my favorite thing to talk about is God. And um, he's changed my life. He's saved Mm -hmm. my life in so many different ways ways and um and yeah just basically kind of to start at the beginning I grew up um, just outside Philadelphia um I was a super shy kid really Mm. really shy lots of (laughs) lots of fear growing up um uh didn't really have many friends like was Mm. very excited to 
for the recess bell to ring so that I could like go back into the classroom. That's so interesting. <laughs> I know. Well, theater played a huge part in kind of like cracking open the shell of my mm. personality and also like was integral in helping me gain some confidence. Um, and that's what happened. Yeah, fifth grade. I had to audition for the fifth grade musical. Everybody had to. And I really, I distinctly remember like my mom and I sitting like just in this room practicing um, my audition song. And she's like, okay, sing out, sing out. You can do it. And something went right in that audition. And I think some of the little gifts that God had given me uh, started to, to be seen, specifically by this amazing woman, Mrs. Susan Messner, who I'm dear friends with to this day. Mm. She saw something in me. She heard my little voice. Mm. She saw my little riff. <laughs> she was like, who taught that to you? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and she gave, she took a chance. She gave me a role uh, mm. as Steamboat Sal, a talented and lovely gal. Yeah. And let me tell you. Talented and lovely gal. Well, my life changed. It really... I, I was part of a community for the first time where I really mm. felt like I belonged. It was so fun um, playing pretend and like learning these songs and learning dances. And uh, I just sort of started coming into uh, a sort uh, definitely a more extroverted version of myself. Um, all growing up, we, we would uh, go to a Presbyterian church in the local community and so we were going to church on Sundays and I remember having great memories of that time and Mm -hmm. just learning different lessons and and I think that's what it was I was like learning lessons but I don't know that I um at that time and all throughout like middle and high school as I was continuing to kind of go go to church I I don't know that I fully understood the actual gospel I think I sort of was there to be like oh this is good like life advice and this is how to be a good person almost um and we'll get you know we'll weave this will weave into my into my uh college experience as well but so fast forward to middle school we're doing the shows we're doing musicals we're doing plays it's all fun I start to get into student council I'm loving it and Um, High school comes, same thing, doing um, all the plays, as well as being, like, obsessed with student council. And I got to this sort of fork in the road where I was like, do I want to pursue a career in acting, or do I want to pursue a career in um, maybe, like, some kind of uh, communications or policy or media or something like that? And ultimately just thought to myself, you know, like, I don't want to... I don't want to be 40 and regret not trying yeah. this this dream. Totally. Um, in high school, we'd been... I had been so privileged to get to see the original cast of Wicked twice. Wow. And it was cool because I, I was like, man, I can see myself, sort of. I can, like, see a glimmer of, like, oh, maybe this mm. that could be my story one day. Or, like, yeah. maybe I could tell this story. Um, in high school, I was confirmed in uh, sophomore year... Uh, in the Presbyterian church. And I mean, God was real to me, but I think like not in a way that I really understood that he could transform me. Hmm. Um, I got confirmed, but like the very next year, I just started like making some decisions that were just sort of based on what I wanted to do rather than 
any kind of like grounded in any kind of like wisdom um and it it was then that I sort of started being like well (laughs) I thought I was like sort of the god of my own life you know like chasing success um chasing you know different relationships Mm -hmm. who likes me who's giving me validation um and um status and just kind of trying to fill that god-shaped void with a lot of different things like I just said substances success status uh relationships things like that and um I was really blessed to get into my dream school. I got into Carnegie Mellon University and I went there for four years in the conservatory program. Had an amazing time as an artist. Like I really grew and incubated as an artist and as a, as an actor and everything. Um, but started to really struggle with some things that I hadn't struggled with before. Um, my freshman year of college, I developed an eating disorder that would last six seven years Mm. um and I also throughout college in those coming years just would make some decisions that were really lacking in integrity um and also trying to find my identity in again what other people thought of me what people maybe Mm. wanted from me um as well as kind of continuing to kind of climb the ladder of like, how do I get success in this industry once I graduate? My mind was like very, just very focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've shared this before. I, I got a chance to share with my testimony on um, a platform called IamSecond.com. So this won't be a surprise to you if you have listened to that, but there were even times right after college that I was partaking in shoplifting, which was just never something that I had imagined myself being into um you know and in the desire to just like be loved I'm using air quotes here uh I just acted out with like a lot of promiscuity and um struggled with a porn habit that was just became very regular Mm -hmm. to me um and so it's almost like I had this sort of secret like underbelly of my life that on the surface actually looked like amazing. Like I went to a great school and I was so, so blessed to um, get to play play Glinda in Wicked uh, like 10 months after I graduated. I was playing Glinda on the first national tour of Wicked and it was a total dream come true. Um, Stephen Schwartz and I had met during college and he saw me sing popular he gave me the opportunity to send my materials in and through the audition process it just you know I I was just so grateful to get to get that opportunity and I thought oh my gosh like I got my dream like I got success um everything's gonna be great like all this kind of funk that I'm dealing with like okay this was the answer this is what I needed like this is gonna get me in line I'm gonna go do my best and like everything else will just fall into place and I think I quickly realized at the age of 22, 23, oh, that's not how life works. That's not how hearts work. That's not how souls work. You can't just kind of slap on a job or slap on a, a banner of a title or something and then yeah. the funk gets cleared. Like it takes a lot more inner awareness and work and um, healing, 
and I realized that I, I learned that at like 22, 23. I like to say I had like a midlife crisis at 22 or 23. Um, so I finished my contract with Wicked uh, and I said, I am just going to basically run away from my life. I'm going to go out to Los Angeles and I'm going to pursue TV and film. Um, I'm going to start over in a sense with my personal life. Um, and LA, I, I was there for four years and my life completely, completely changed there. Um, my first couple months living there were a truly utter hot mess, the messiest of messes. Um, I continued to make some really destructive decisions and putting myself in really dangerous situations. My eating disorder was still pretty, pretty, um, rampant Mm -hmm. at this time. Uh, as well as just some of the the decisions that I was really making in the dark and uh, decisions that were hurtful not only to myself but also to other people and just um, again like kind of like wasn't this like vision of a person I think when we're kids we just like think like oh yeah I'll just like have it together when I'm an adult because I'll become an adult and I'll just figure it out like you know and I'm suddenly looking at my life like wait a second this is so much messier than I ever envisioned my life being um and I got to a point where I just was getting tired it had been you know probably seven how many years at this point I'm not a math major, you guys. I'm just an actor, so give me grace. Um, okay, how many years? <laughs> okay. Um, it was, let's see. I, it was like, you know, seven or something years plus years of just doing my own thing. And also seeing a lot of dead fruit come of that life. And mm. I was tired. Something was stirring in me that I was like dissatisfied. Because yeah. there were parts of that life that were temporarily satisfying, you know? I was, like, scratching an itch that was, like, people don't sin because it's, like, not fun, you know? Like, sometimes it's fun, but it, like, can end in a lot of destruction. And I think my soul was starting to, like, become aware of that funk in a new way, and I just wanted out. I was, like, I just, I don't feel right in my life. Like, I think I need a change of some kind. Um... And it was at that time that I actually went to a rap party in Hollywood uh, where I was living. It was uh, for a TV show. It was like a rap of their season. And there was a big party with the whole cast. And I, I just came as a guest and um, was introduced to this woman who would later become an amazing mentor to me. And her name is Alice Isaac. Um, she listened to my story. I just kind of told her everything. In the span of like 45 minutes, I just was like, here's my whole Mm. life. Here's my funk. Here's my junk. And I'll tell you what, she showed up for me in a way that nobody ever had before. And she kind of had this just life pouring out of her that I hadn't really witnessed before. It was like just full Mm. of a lot of uh, joy, peace, lots of wisdom and a lot of this thing sacrificial love like she would do things for me and drive these distances for me or spend time on the phone with me that I was like wait what this is so generous and she just basically like had something that I found really compelling 
she also introduced me to a church community and over time I learned about Jesus and I saw this actual fruit of people's lives and I saw like actual like wisdom being lived out and people that weren't hankering and striving for approval from the world or from things that culture says we should want or do it's just like people who were really hungry to learn and like hungry to be in peace and like know Jesus and I just was like ever the more compelled and he started you know I started like kind of talking to him (laughs) and like praying different things and like bringing different issues to him and I saw healing start to happen in my life Mm. and I was still like wait Jesus are you real like okay like wait Mm. I'm going to church but like is this it took it took probably like a year and and then I and then I decided to get baptized I said okay yes Jesus like you can have my life I am all in Mm. you are what I have been waiting for and you have been waiting for me Mm. (laughs) um and wow it was like truly you know your question was like tell us your story of like coming from the dark to the light I feel like so grateful to be in this place of forgiveness and freedom Mm. after having lived in such a deep pit Mm -hmm. for a long time yeah um and so I like I said I just started to experience healing in my mind in my body um Mm. different like habits that I had before like the promiscuity and also with porn just he healed it was amazing like I just I just had like suddenly a new understanding of 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 myself in him and what his best for me would look like um made the decision to like wait till marriage and also just like learned how to be a leader which I'm you know we're all like always learning Mm -hmm. but learning how to like minister to other people and take the little that I had learned and like the just the freedom that I had been gaining and it was just amazing like God would start putting these women in my life who Mm. also came from kind of the same struggles and some kind of same came from the same mindset um I was just like really honored to speak into their lives and so I I don't know I just this fire made me think of the woman at the well yes like how she she's like Jesus knows everything about me. Yes. And yet he's offering me everything. <laughs> yes. And loves me in that. And then she runs, runs off, and she's like the the biggest evangelist yes. of her community. Because she's like, Jesus knows everything about me and he loves me. He's offering yes. you that. It anyway, like really that just became like came like into that. my mind as you were yes. saying that. I became like going around LA like with a Holy Spirit ticker, you know? Yeah. Of like, okay, wait, like does this person know that they're deeply loved by God? If they don't, like, let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Like, it just became... That's what he does. It was, yeah, it was like a different modus operandi. Yeah. Mm. Is that the word? Okay, smart people tell me. And so the healing would continue, and, you know, I mentioned before I've struggled with an eating disorder. Yeah. That I will be very honest with you, that took a longer time to... Yeah. To... Um, heal. And... But I come to you today in a place of total 
freedom and I'm so mm. grateful and amazed because I just never thought that could be. Mm. Like, I truly just never thought that I wouldn't war with myself over food. I never, I just, I just never saw this being my future. And so I'm so grateful and God is real and he loves you so much and he's not going to give up on you. Mm-hmm. Hey friend, Laura Lee here. Over the past few years, I've been developing what will be a unique communal living discipleship house for women here in New York City. The Rise Collective House is a year-long September to September immersive discipleship communal living home for a small group of women in their early 20s. The house in New York City will serve women with different career ambitions as they come together in unity in a discipleship program designed to grow their faith in Jesus and to foster a gospel-focused vision and purpose for their lives and careers in New York City. The women in the house will receive theological training, participate in seminars with Christian teachers and community leaders, and cultivate one-on-one mentoring relationships with other believers here in the church. Rise Collective Women is about cultivating tight-knit communities where women can experience the transforming love of Christ, grow up into the gospel, and rise into disciple-makers. And this is one way we are doing this, is through establishing these tight-knit relationships and community while equipping the women with tools to flourish spiritually in their lives and careers long-term. We're wanting to launch our very first pilot year of this discipleship program in September. If this is something you would want to be a part of, or if you know someone who would want to live in the Rise Collective House, there's an interest form in the show description. We're also actively seeking individuals to partner with us financially to help make this pilot program happen. There is still a significant amount that we are believing God will help us fundraise to make this happen starting this fall, but we need your help. If you want to give or you're interested in talking to me about ways that you could support the Rise Collective House in the discipleship of women in New York City, you can email me at laurelee at risecollectivewomen.com or you can give directly on our website, risecollectivewomen.com. There's a link in the show description. Now back to my conversation with Amanda. And, you know, when I was living in LA, I had the opportunity to like, my, my, my life totally changed there, like from the inside out. And um, the Lord was really kind to bless me with some jobs on TV and film that were so fun and like filled my creative bucket. But I was like learning that my identity didn't come from my bookings and what my IMDb (laughs) said or, you know, like the yeses and the noes. I was like, oh, okay, this is just a job that I get to go do and I get to like steward my gifts and like hopefully be a light on set and just like meet people where they are Mm -hmm. and like learn and and also learn from other people you know it was just a totally different mindset 
Yeah, and I had the opportunity after like four, four and a half years from the time I left Wicked to go back to Wicked. Wow. After my life changed. And mm. I will tell you what, my opening night back on tour was December 9th, 2015. I was on tour for 16 months. I got a call that I would be making my Broadway debut. Mm. Came to New York, was on Broadway, was here for the 15th anniversary, was here, served as wow. in the role for 17 months. Wow. But I will tell you, my closing night, guess what it was? December 9th, 2018. So it was like God led me to this literal, <laughs> like, full circle. full circle three year journey. Um, you know, and I was just, I was like a new person, new eyes, new heart, like new motivation, um, new perspective. And it was wild. Like I was out on tour and I went to some of the same cities that I had gone to four and a half years prior, like the Kennedy Center. And I was in the same dressing room with my same dresser all these years later. And it was like, what is life? I'm, I, I had so many pinch me moments. Wow. Um, and I feel like what I was able to then bring as an actor, I feel like I just even was a better actor. I was like more connected with my own heart and then with other people, like making space for other people. So just really, I'm so grateful. Mm, I love how God writes stories. Oh my gosh. Like what? <laughs> like he doesn't have what? to do little things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And he brings so much. I just think about like death and resurrection. Yeah. And... Just the things that have to die in order to experience like resurrection life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the death of those things is so hard because like it means us really letting go and surrendering. But then you see just like the good he has for us Mm -hmm. and the care that he has for us. And just like the pure delight. Like you're just walking in this dream but you're walking in it like healed and yeah. new yeah that's just beautiful it's amazing wow thank I'm you so, god so so and on grateful. the day i just love it on I the love he cares day. about the days he truly does on the day like, i if you look at days <laughs> and numbers he just he will speak to you in them. And he wow. purposes all things for good. It is just, it That's has been so cool. such an amazing journey. And I actually got to go back to the Gershwin back in February of 2022, yeah. this year. But I feel like every time I get to go back and play her, uh, I understand new depths of her. Mm. Um, and that's such a gift. Like, God is so creative. He's a storyteller. He's a creator of all, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the more I'm walk with him like it's like the deeper I get to go yeah. as Amanda but also like serve that yeah in the story so it's beautiful yeah I'm I'm so grateful encouraged um, by how you're just like giving God the glory for thanks girl. what he's done and hey, your story listen I got a lot to be grateful for oh we have a lot to be grateful for <laughs> um and the journey continues like I'm not like oh I've arrived you know like never stops it never stops like I am Continuing to learn, continuing to um, shed yeah. things, Amen. and he's pruning me, and you know, yeah. growing me. So, well, thanks for sharing. Thank all you. Of that. Yeah, really just thank you, God, for your testimony Amen. and for how He has come in and just done beautiful, 
stuff that is encouraging other people. Amen. Um, I want to zoom in on a part of your story that you and I both have um, talked about because I relate. And um, and that's a struggle with just body image Mm -hmm. and struggling through an eating disorder. Mm. I talked about it a little bit in a podcast episode beginning of the season mm-hmm. um having struggled with an eating disorder when I was in college and just like the journey to healing mm-hmm. over the past few years and I will agree it's something that it's like feels like it's taken layers and um like I've been to counseling I know that's part of your story too it's just oh, being yeah. able to unpack that it can be pretty um I don't know nuanced I guess in in how the enemy gets in there and speaks um, lies to us mm-hmm. and tells us, mm. like Jess says in her book, um, yes. that our bodies aren't good and God has called them good. Um, so I think that this conversation might really encourage some people listening. So I just want to dive into this um, a little bit more and ask like how have you personally experienced healing and freedom in body image struggles Mm. yeah like you had mentioned jess's book so this book is amazing and i'm telling you what i wish this book was out like 15 20 years ago it's called breaking free from body shame i'm so glad she wrote it by Jess Connolly. We're endorsing this book in, today. Yeah, she doesn't even. She doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, dare to reclaim what God. She has did named not God. pay us to do this. She <laughs> did not. <laughs> However, she did send me a cool piece of art that is awesome. really cute. Um, but okay, all right. Page fifty-two and page fifty-three of Breaking Free from Body Shame. I want to like. I definitely will share. You know, what my experience has been, but I feel like just framing it with this first yeah might be helpful um and actually yeah actually can I pray for the list for whoever's listening right I now? would love for you to do that okay lord you know exactly who's listening right now um you you love who's listening right now mm-hmm. um father just thank you that you never leave us you yeah. never leave us alone Father, thank you that you're aware of every single time we've suffered, every single tear that we have shed, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you are a good Father. Lord, this is a sensitive topic, I know, for so many. And I just, my heart yearns to just cover whoever this might be difficult for to like listen to if people are working through their own healing journey or maybe don't realize that there's a healing journey to be had yet. Lord, I just pray that your healing balm would mm-hmm. would come and Lord that you would be a protector. You are a protector. Um God, I I renounce lies that the enemy might be telling anybody right now about their lovableness, their um their worth in your eyes. Uh just twisted things that aren't true lord would you just reveal truth to us through this conversation and would you would you heal and shower your love on every single person who is 
listening and specifically um, pray for breakthrough for people who are struggling in this area. Freedom is real, God. You, mm-hmm. you are so, you fight for us. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amanda. Amen. You're welcome. Okay. Page 52. So this is kind of after she talks about, like, the serpent um, in Genesis uh, challenging the woman and kind of um, lying to them. So here we go. The top of page 52, it says, Did you catch that? The serpent's misnaming was incredibly sneaky because it was so subtle. He whispered into Eve's ear saying, if you do this one thing, then you'll be like God. And in doing so, he named her as lacking. Eve, you're not enough as you are. You're not like God. Talk about a masterful lie. The first few chapters of Genesis proclaim the glory of man and woman is made in the very image of God. What God proclaimed is very good. The serpent declared not enough. We see what came next, shame. The first time Eve was misnamed was the first time she was introduced to shame. That's what shame does. It whispers to us that we lack, and suddenly we are aware of how less than we are in the eyes of others. We didn't know, and then suddenly we did. Just as Eve was unaware of her nakedness, then suddenly ashamed of her natural state, when we believe a misnaming spoken over us, we are thrust into a whole new reality that does not agree with the kingdom truth about our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like Eve, the knowing that came from the misnaming didn't help us, it harmed us. And we couldn't unhear or unsee a world once we were exposed. Shaming and striving were suddenly that much closer to our skins and our Mm -hmm. souls. For many of us, this kind of naming also occurred at school, perhaps at recess or in the cafeteria. These were the first moments we heard another human use piercing words to name our bodies. For me, it was as simple as the other girls starting at gymnastics club on the playground. They told me I couldn't be in it because I was too heavy to lift myself over the bar. They were right, and suddenly I felt so wrong. I started a running club with a few boys instead, and I wonder now how long I've been subconsciously trying to outrun that moment. Hmm. The initial misnaming may have happened to you via TV, and it may have occurred later when you assumed you'd go through life unscathed. It may not have impacted you until marriage or after your first child was born. It may have been a coach, a dance instructor, a youth pastor, a boyfriend. It may have been someone you never personally knew. I have a distinct memory of passing a boy in the hallway in high school. I have no recollection of his face or identity and hearing him mention with disdain the arms of another girl I knew, then instinctively assessing that mine were bigger than hers. It was a misnaming by a faceless human who held no density in my destiny that I have not forgotten for over 18 years. Mm. The misnaming we experienced told us we were too big or too small. The misnaming told us to be wary of becoming certain things. The misnaming told us we were abnormal or ordinary. The misnaming happened in the natural, a transaction of irreverent and obscene words in which we exchanged our ability to hear with our ability to believe we were made good in a heaping moment that we could not have possibly consented to. The misnaming is worth morning. The misnaming is worthy of our attention. It cannot be reversed, but it can become a moment reclaimed. 
with a wild mix of mercy, grace, and healing that we absolutely have access to, we can be women who take off the brokenness of the names we've been called Mm. and pick up the beauty of the true names we've been given by God. Ooh! Wow. Jess. Jess. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Lord. (sighs) So good. Oh, my gosh. I feel like this is such a good framing. Um... What God proclaimed as very good, the serpent declared not enough. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what happened to me at the beginning of my journey. The not enoughness. Um, I remember it was like kind of a slow, like wading into the waters of like this kind of. Yeah, like, honestly, like, felt like wading into the enemy territory a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let me just, it'll be fine if I, maybe, maybe it's true. Yeah, maybe I should be smaller. Um, it's interesting in our industry, too, with bodies and <laughs> um, yeah. different expectations. And I think that was kind of part of it, because in college, you know, I was, like, at a conservatory becoming uh you know hopefully becoming a professional actor one day and I remember it was like my freshman year and um I had just I had just gone on like a fitness training program over winter break and had like a very diligent like strict um diet that I like chose to do and came back to school and started sliding out of those like boundary lines of that said like Mm -hmm. diet and like fitness regimen and I remember getting a dessert like from the cafeteria and eating it and just being like nope this has to go and I just for the first time like practiced bulimia just right just right after I was like this has to go and it was either that time or the time after that I pushed so and so hard that I actually burst a blood vessel in my right eye and my entire eye was covered with blood and I think I made up something like oh I was uh doing handstands or like I coughed really hard or something like it was very obvious with the that this my eye was completely bloody and um Mm. yeah really sad really sad time I remember also calling my mom like very soon after to like tell her what I had done Mm. like I was like wait I don't like this isn't good like I should get some support here um and she was like okay like what do you need you know I think I it was a long time ago at this point but you know, I think, yeah, she helped me set up some counseling appointments. Yeah. I started going to counseling. I moved out of that month or so of, like, bulimia into a pattern of binging and starving. So starve during the day, binge at night. And I remember being in, like, a counseling session with this woman. I saw her once a week. She was off campus, and she was talking through some things with me, and she said, well, Amanda, what would happen if you, in the morning, you maybe had, like, half a bagel 
with some peanut butter and banana. Could you maybe do that? And just the thought of that was incomprehensible to me. No way. How, that, that, that is so much food. I could never eat that in the morning. I could never. That's, I would never. Yeah. And that, I look back with like such mourning for that young woman who thought mm. that her body was not worth being fueled because yeah. of my twisted perception of like how much food is too much food and what is this food going to so do to sick, my body yeah. oh my gosh if I eat this much in the morning that's I mean yeah. that's too much like I'm mm-hmm. and I think the enemy just perverted the beautiful design that God has for us in mm-hmm. we need food every day we need to be fueled every day yeah but he took that the enemy just took that and like Mm, do you really mm, that's probably too much mm, you're probably going to gain a bunch of weight if you eat that Yeah. and I just believed mm. it and I started sort of like lusting after this image of the perfect body seeing music videos and seeing magazines and seeing like you know back in that day we actually didn't social media wasn't really as much of a thing we like barely had Facebook at this point but it was more so like what was in the media and looking at like other actors okay well I have to be this size um and it was a hidden it was a very hidden life like nobody really knew like even my own family like I don't think they understood like the extent that I would hurt myself during the day through starvation and through also exercise bulimia. Yeah. And, um, I think it's interesting, like thinking about my own experience too, how you convince yourself that even the lies that you hear and then how it's twisted to like, but I'm being healthy Mm -hmm. and no one else is like, I don't know, just the way the enemy like kind of takes it and like creates this, this world inside of your brain with really twisted understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, it was like very unkind voices. I was talking to a student earlier today about how do you know what's God and what's not? Like, how do you know if it's mm-hmm. God's thoughts, your thoughts, or the enemy's thoughts? And we were just talking, Come well, on. what are the attributes of God? Oh. Well, God is patient. God is kind. Love is patient. Mm-hmm. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. And I had so it's many like, is voices. Is that voice loving? Is it kind? Right. Is it patient? Right. Is it accusing me? Yeah. Or is it gently bringing me up? Is it, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the word says like God's kindness leads us to repentance and like the enemy is just the accuser. And I had so mm-hmm. many voices of accusing. You're not this enough. You're not that you're not thin enough. This is Nobody's going to like you. Nobody's going to think you're attractive. Like, you have to do this. Look at her. Like, look how small she is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just the secret. Secrets make us sick, you know? And just like mold grows when it's mm. in the dark. <laughs> when we open the window and let the light in, we let air in, it has to go away. Same thing with secrets. I feel like bringing them finally to God it was like opening that window Mm. of life and air to Mm. come in and clean the space that's such a beautiful image 
It's and not he, mine. <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't the original. I don't know who, who that's from, but it's, yeah. But isn't it good? It's like I feel like that's what surrender feels like. Like is that you can't breathe, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like, and your your like lungs fill with like clean air, yes. and it just like is this the ceiling of release. Yeah. Um, but what feels so hard in that and with something like an eating disorder is that like you get so it's it's such a pattern mm-hmm. that you think that there's the the enemy twists it to make you think that like on the other side of it is nothing that is good mm. that like you know you have you have something and if you release it like if you open up your hands and give it to God that he doesn't have good for you on the other side of that. At least that's what I um, experienced. Mm. And in finding freedom and healing, I felt this invitation from God to like truly let go. Mm. And that felt scariest. Wow. Because I was so used to, like you said, just that pattern and thinking, I just need to manage this. Yes. Like I just need to manage. And thinking that you can manage it. Yeah. I think that's what we convince ourselves like, okay, I'm going to white knuckle this. I've got it. I'll just manage this. Yeah. And I think there comes a point where like the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of, of change. That's what happened for me where I was like the pain of actually existing on this plateau and on this plate, on this field is like Mm. more painful than it's going to be for me to 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 admit that I have a problem to seek real healing for it Mm. and even to want to change because I'll be honest there were a lot of times I don't I didn't want to change I wasn't always like oh darn I wish I wasn't doing this I was like no this is how I'm going to get through life and I think a lot of people get caught there we're like oh I've kind of got it like it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine you know I got on the scale, like, it must be working because I yeah, I lost two pounds, you know. Um, so it was a long time that I, yeah. yeah, like you were saying, just wanting to manage it. Yeah. Um, and I think about the patience of God um, oh, in the process. Yes, you know? because his heart's, like, breaking. Yeah. But, yeah, he's helping us little by little. Yes. Because he knows it doesn't happen overnight. That Yeah. Which is not to say that some healing can't happen overnight, because you know, right? I was we about think to say of, I need to back up because, <laughs> because let's healing hack can happen in a moment. Let's talk about the gospels. Like you touch that garment, you know. Like yeah. there were just moments where, you, and Jesus healed people. Usually, it's because we won't <laughs> won't let him. You sometimes, know? sometimes usually we're yeah a little resistant. Sometimes we can be resistant, and then other times it's just like, man, we're in bondage and we need God's. To break power. It. Yeah, we need to break, to break it. it. We can't do it by ourselves. And that's one thing that I learned. So I started going to um, a 12-step program when I was in Los Angeles. It was really in LA. Like, yeah. once I had, I think I was actually maybe like a month before that Hollywood party, I actually accompanied a friend to a meeting. Wow. Because like she needed this, the support. I walk into this meeting and I'm listening to all these people talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, like... I belong here. This meeting is actually for me. This is what I need. I came as a support, but I actually need to start coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 
some of the first steps, it's like basically you, first of all, we need to admit that there's a problem. Second of all, it's like you say like, I'm pretty powerless to this and I need God. Yeah. And um, that's what started the journey for me. And then I was in counseling, which was super helpful, Mm. digging into a lot of different core stuff and and lies that I was believing, um, ways that I was like refusing even like, God's love, like kind of pushing God's love out, um, and why I was doing that. So it was like a combination, I think, of a little bit of program, um, a lot of counseling, a lot of new friendships of women who were like really sturdy, not who weren't per- not who were perfect, but who were sturdy in their faith Mm -hmm. in a way that like I was just kind of (laughs) learning it really helped me community yes yeah and the conversations we would have and the encouragement that would happen and like in those spaces um Mm -hmm. was really really beautiful and the victorious power of God yes just coming in and yeah taking you from dark to light yeah wow Absolutely. It's tricky too. I want to say, you know, eating stuff is is strange because we, it's unlike, you know, when you have issues with other substances, you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to drink to live. You don't have to do this drug to like literally survive, but you have to eat to survive. So it's a very like intimate, you know, space where you can't, I think it just helped me have more grace on the journey because it's, decisions that you need to make every single day to literally stay alive Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like recreating letting him like reshape how you've been mm -hmm. making those decisions when you've gotten in just like kind of a rhythm yes something that you do like you're saying daily I mean multiple times a day yes the renewal of of our minds and what's amazing is that god made renewal our brains of our minds he did he can pliable. get in there yes change we can things. we can change we can change and that's amen i think we were talking before this podcast started and i was just like man i lived in secret for so long and nobody really knew and i i would seek these mm. like there was this one particular blog this woman who would write about her experiences very honestly and i would literally like get home from class and just look that up and like yeah like take in freedom yeah like I craved but I was like I guess I craved freedom but I also was like what is this yeah like what even is this okay, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it do other people do this you know yeah I, at that point in college I was still pretty like alone in it and mm. um but I just think the power of like even podcasts can be like so beautiful because if it can meet somebody where they are or like maybe if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I just haven't told anyone. Like I feel so broken. Like I feel like there's something so wrong with me, but Mm. there's nothing wrong with anybody else. I just want to tell you, like I have been there. I've been in a ball on the kitchen floor with mascara dripping down my face, just crying and thinking Mm. and saying out loud, I'm so messed up. I'm the only one who's this messed up. I'm so far gone. I'm so broken. And I will tell you what, God, there is no hole so deep Amen. or dark that he will not come running for you. So if that's you today and you've not expressed 
mm. a need for help or admitted to yourself like hey there's there's a problem here I just want to encourage you like freedom is possible yes. there are people waiting to help you mm-hmm. um, there's there's counselors who specialize in this there's community communities that can rally around you and Jesus who just longs for your for your freedom and fullness in him so you're not alone and you're not beyond repair amen and the future really is full of hope and you don't have to white knuckle through life yeah that's a word for myself today you You don't have to white knuckle through life (laughs) yes it's it's true yep Mm -hmm. my counselor um encouraged me to do this like in the journey to healing um she's like you form a new habit i think it's like in 27 days mm-hmm. something like something that, like 21 that. Days, 27 mm-hmm. days i don't know maybe 21 days and she encouraged me to um look at myself in the mirror every morning for 21 days and i had a scripture that I would read as I looked at myself in the mirror. And I said, my, my body is very good. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. And she said, take a deep breath, like a deep breath, and just like slowly scan your body, like from the top of your head to your feet. And she said, if, if there's a moment that like you kind of stop and flit your eyes or you can't just like breathe it in she's like it's okay mm-hmm. she's like just start over and go from the top of your head wow. to your toes she said it's going to be hard and it might take several days before you can do it and get all the way from the top to the bottom and she said choose one thing first she said three and then she was like <laughs> okay three sound, I think that's too much let's just do one you choose one thing that day that you're thankful for that God has given you in your body. And you carry that with you during the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you feel that, you know, kind of spiral happening or thoughts going in a destructive mm-hmm. direction that you just think, oh, wait, what is the thing I decided this morning that I'm thankful for? Mm. And just meditating on what does that thing do for you? So, yes. like, one day <laughs> it was my eyeballs. And you're thankful for your eyeballs. What does my eyeballs do for Wow, my eyeballs are doing this and this and this. So the next day it's like, wow, my hips. Thank you, God, for my hips. You created hips. Yes. You created hips on women so that they could literally be- bring humans <laughs> into the world. <laughs> like, think about all the things that our hips do. My hips are carrying me. I'm walking down the street and my hips are working. Like, yes. Just there's so much power in thanking God. Yes. For oh. what he's given us. So and good our bodies and that's been really healing for me honestly I'm now like reminded of it I'm like I need to do 21 more days of that because it's just so easy to forget I have so much to be thankful for in my body and how like what a um what a privilege Mm. to be even able to have so much Mm -hmm. that we think during the day you know like I don't know, we even get to meditate on yes. on being better. Right. Um, Jess talks about like project better or like have it using your body as a project that you're like hmm. in in a way of performance. Um, you know, like 
like treating your body like that like striving to feel like oh if I'm not keeping up to the standard that I've set in my head then like I'm only taking step backwards but yeah it's like a never-ending cycle because like what are you trying to get towards you know Mm. it's like what is that what is that bar it's like ever changing right you know in culture yeah like yeah if you look through the 90s and the 80s and the 70s you go all the way back it's like different body types were sort of like worshipped (laughs) and in you know so it's like man just yeah it's 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 ever changing and like what is the thing that's not what is truth like god says yeah like which is so good like we don't we can say god says it's good it's not it's not what anybody else says that your body is right yeah i I, when you were talking about gratitude i thought of uh something somebody said to me a couple years ago they were like what if you woke up with in the morning everything that you had thanked God for the day before, but you didn't wake up with the things you didn't thank him for the day before? And I was so convicted. I was like, wow, this like really helps me have a perspective on like, wait a second, there's so much in the design of my physical being that is literally a miracle Mm -hmm. that all has to work together yeah for me to just stay alive yeah and I was like oh my gosh thank you for that question because it makes me think differently about this fleeting time that we even have on earth and you know like all we have to be thankful all we have to be thankful for and um Something I'm thankful for that Jess did in this book, and it's like, guys, go read this book. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> if you need some help. Read this book. Um, but I love that she, like, she really does give theology around the body mm-hmm. and, like, why God created bodies. And I found that really helpful because mm-hmm. it's um, it's using truth to really help shape your understanding and, like, reshape what are ways that, you know, from like my childhood or growing up or cult, like different communities I was in that just um, kind of began to little by little define what I understood a body to be and what its purpose was. Yeah. And then to have like, no, this is why God has created your body as a, as a resource. I found really, really helpful. Um, yes. So good. I know we loved this chapter. Your body does not belong to the world. Um, so much good, so many good thoughts there. So many um, good. I love this from Proverbs 26.2 in the message version. It says, you have as little to fear from an undeserved curse as from the dart of a wren or the swoop of a swallow. Mm. And she goes, I entreat you to see any damaging words from anyone you don't belong to, i.e. anybody except God, as a really frustrating bird. Yes, it might fly in your face temporarily, but it is never going to take you out. You are much stronger than it could ever be. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's so empowering. So empowering. Um, let's see. There were a few in her chapter where she talked about, like, life-giving practices. Um, yeah. Uh, she's She says, if these 
At vulnerable moments, I encourage you to speak truth in life over your body. When you're exercising, changing clothes, getting ready in front of a mirror, feeling insecure in any way, speak truth. If these statements can be backed up by scripture with the authority of God's voice and his word, even better. You'll know they're not just empty phrases you're pulling out of nowhere. And she gives these examples. Genesis 131, this body is good. Philippians 4, 7, I carry the peace of God in my body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Isaiah 43, 4, my body is worthy and valuable to God. Hmm. Psalm 139, 13 through 16, I was created with intention, purpose, and creativity. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, I have the mind of Christ. Woo, woo. Just like, that's what God has said about us and about our bodies. And that's so powerful. So, so, so good. Um, I love when she also says, take the grace, leave the shame. So Jesus Christ defeated sin, death, and shame mm. on the cross. So take the grace that compels you to keep growing and leave behind any shame that constricts you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't get to go with us when we get set free. Yeah. Ooh. No. Preach it, LL. <laughs> um, yeah, she also just encourages uh, all the practical things, too, like about how much media you consume on a daily basis that glorifies a quote-unquote ideal body mm. or could be negatively impactful to you on your healing journey and putting boundaries around different pieces of media that could be detrimental to you um yeah and also just like choosing what conversations you are a part of if a friend group is talking negatively about their own bodies or somebody else's bodies gracefully saying well first of all <laughs> I love she says please don't talk about my friend like that like if mm -hmm. one of her friends is kind of speaking negatively over yeah. themselves um and and then beyond that you know if there is negative conversation about about people's bodies that you you don't have to partake in that mm -hmm. in that conversation um I found it interesting when God started to when he just like produced in me this desire, like create in me a clean heart of God, like renew a right spirit in me. It's like, I felt, mm. I felt the, the amount of space that thoughts about body image were taking up in my mind. Ooh, talk about that. And yeah. I was kind of like tired of it Yeah. because one, it was like holding me back and I felt that. And then two, it was impacting the way I viewed other people's bodies mm. and I, I felt icky. Mm -hmm. It was like this feeling of the Holy Spirit is in here and he's yes. like, that can't take place. Yeah. Like I have created these people in my image and you are to honor them. And yeah. that starts with you. And so I just, I felt this sense of, wow, this matters so much because these are truly the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, wow. What was I saying? I just want to say, like, I just want to honor you for sharing that. That's 
that's so honest and vulnerable and so important because you're not the only one. And I think it's just beautiful that you just put words to that. Hmm. Um, but there was so much, there was so much freedom as he began to restore how I understood and viewed my body. Yes. That I now, like I start to see other people and I'm like, wow, what a beautiful, like (laughs) gift from God. And like, I don't know. I just see, I don't, I don't, I'm not holding myself in this like comparative, like, mm, like, oh, that I hate even speaking this out loud, but like, I've been in that place where Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, like, look at her that, or am I this, or it's just not, it's not, um, it's not free No, and it's not fruitful and it's not of God. Like Mm. it's truly of the enemy. And I'm just thankful that like his word, like you called it the sword earlier, his, his word has truly like given me words to be able to like have that clear mind. Yes. As you said. Yes. Yeah. The sword of the spirit, the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sandals of the gospel of peace and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's, you know, Jesus spoke scripture back to the devil when the devil was tempting him. And so it's like, even just having, even, even just memorizing, like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. And speaking that, speaking that over yourself. Can I share something that has brought me freedom in this season? Please. Um, So dancing was, um, I love to dance, but it was like the culture of like competitive dance and just like environments I was in where bodies were, um, maybe just like I was so young Mm. and began to like kind of see and think about my body in a way that wasn't helpful in building up like a right understanding in in my personal story and testimony and in this season of like finding healing and freedom um I felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit to completely turn upside down the way I was exercising and thinking about exercise because I had some patterns in my thought thoughts um and in my heart related to just like this addictive pattern of Mm. just how I was seeing exercise and so I asked the Holy Spirit I was like okay so if I associate those things with that like way of exercising what does exercise look like right now Mm. and it was a few weeks of I got really sick like physically sick and so I was like in bed during this time of him like pruning this out of me and really like setting me free Uh, So I really couldn't exercise, you know, like you can't exercise when you're sick. And that started to like make me really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I was like angry because I couldn't do this addictive thing, you know, that made me feel like, okay, I'm good. Right. Because I've done this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like freeing. But when I asked the Lord, okay, so like, I know you care about my body and the health of my body and exercise is actually a really beautiful gift what does that look like in this season? And I just heard him say, like, come dance with me. And I was so endeared by that invitation because, one, like, there's just pieces of of that, like, addictive pattern that, you know, I think back to that time that 
you know, that did play a role in maybe developing an eating disorder, but then being able to be healed and redeemed through dance Mm. um, has been such a gift. And I think something I've also learned in that is asking God what for you healing looks like is a really powerful question Mm. because you don't know what kind of invitation that he's inviting you specifically into that could bring you the most joy and delight in the healing than you even could have dreamt. And so I'm like, Apple Fitness, like, (laughs) on there, doing, like, hip-hop workouts. You know what I mean? Let's go. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I just found these Apple Fitness workouts and just, like, pop, lock, and dropping it with this girl named LaShawn on Apple Fitness. I, I say all that because... It's just, it's beautiful how God, like, meets us in just, like, our surrender and desire to mm. find freedom and healing. And, and specifically, too. Yeah. Specific. You know? Or maybe it's, like, swimming for someone who, yeah. that can be a source of, like, joy and a worshipful That's time. That's the word. Just, like, joy. That God has so much joy for us. Yeah. And um, he has so much joy. Yeah. Healing that leads to joy. It's true. It's true. Man, what a journey. So good. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Galatians 5 1. Amen. Whoo! Freedom is good. Freedom is good. Thanks for sharing your freedom with us today, Amanda. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Thank you to everybody who's tuning in right now. bless you as you go about your day and maybe do something today that kind of like brings you joy like if it's dancing around your living room or going for that bike ride or just walking in the sun and like feeling your heartbeat and taking that deep breath um you know I'm preaching to myself now too I'm like I'm gonna go do this after we (laughs) just uh your life is a miracle and God loves you and um yeah good to be here today let's keep the main thing the main thing thanks for listening friend amanda and i want to remind you that you are not alone in this there's a link in the show description to jess Connolly's book breaking free of body shame that we read in today's episode This is a helpful resource that we encourage you to walk through alongside a friend or two. This podcast is called Living in the Light for a reason. And that reason is that there is freedom and fullness of life in the light. Amanda mentioned today the secret nature of eating disorders. The enemy wants to keep things hidden in the dark. But as it says in James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You don't have to do this alone. You are always welcome to reach out to us at Living in the Light through my email, lauralee at risecollectivewomen.com. Be sure and keep up with Amanda Jane on Instagram at Amanda Jane Coop. Thanks for listening, friend. Go in light and in love. And I'll talk to you next week.